Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Welcome back, Scott Trout, CEO, Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. And as always, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce and topics that are unique and interesting. And today is no different. We've talked a little bit about it in some of our virtual town halls, but today we're going to talk about social media, one of my favorite topics to talk about. I've been talking about that since the almost introduction back to MySpace. If you're old enough to even know what that is, MySpace was around. I was talking about social media back then, and I'm joined by Christina Wilford in Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome. Hi, good afternoon. Frequent guest. Glad you're back. So we'll talk some more. Kim and Kanye. We'll talk about Kim and Kanye. We'll talk about uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, and before we get into that and toss you the first question, I know the last virtual town hall, someone had said, well, why are we talking about them? They have so much money that I can't relate. And the point is we can learn something from everyone, even bad behavior. Everybody's doing certain things that are similar no matter what you have, uh, whether it's making a fool of yourself on social media whether it's committing adultery, you know, uh, whatever it may be, the activity, the engaging in the behaviors, the same. Uh, you know, back in the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, we were talking about um, celebs and what they were doing in the pandemic and the issues they were having with custody. Uh, it, it, they're the same. It's like when I fly over to our UK office, I always say, people ask me, well, are, is family law different over there? I said, no, just the dialect. That's it. So it's just money is different. The, the, the results perhaps are the same. So throw that out there. So when you're watching and you're listening, this matters. This applies to you. I don't care how much you have, how little you have, or what you think. It does apply to you. And then that's why we're talking about it. We're talking about just guys, period. So Kim and Kanye, um, we were just talking off camera. If you're familiar with it, you know, I, I read about it. I see Kanye go crazy on social media posting just just things. I mean, it's totally Kanye, but the, we talked about bifurcation. I mean, I think it's a good place to start because I think it sets the stage for social media in general. Should you, shouldn't you? How do we stop it? So talk about Kim and Kanye. If, if you're watching, you're not familiar with what's going on. I wasn't. Christina filled me in. So let's talk about this bifurcation and what that means. Okay. And Scott, I completely agree with what you say. A lot of people worry, why does this matter to me? A family is a family. Mm -hmm. No matter how big or small the estate, it's going to be divided in the same manner. And so when we start looking at Kim and Kanye's divorce, there's a lot of things that relate to almost every one of my clients. And social media is a big one. And so what we saw in February of this year was that Kim Kardashian's attorney filed a request for bifurcation. Now, what that means is to divide up the divorce case so that somebody can be restored to the status of being single and unmarried before the divorce is over. So yes, you can be legally divorced before we deal with your assets, your children, everything else in the divorce. And I'll tell you, it happens in very rare and exceptional circumstances. And in their divorce case, The situation that was created by Kanye and 
the actions that he was taking, like purchasing a home in, that was directly across the street from Kim's, the social media posts that everybody saw that were trending throughout the entire Super Bowl, things like that rose to the level where Kim was able to go to the court and say, I really think that if we have this separation where we are restored to being single people, that at that point, maybe it'll help ease the situation and help us better co-parent. And so that's what the court did. Hmm. That's interesting because you think your lawyer's advice would be enough. <laughs> you know, I, I get it. I'm not a fan of social media when you're getting in the divorce. I'm not. Stop it. it I, and let me ask this question. Have you ever used social media to your client's benefit, not about the other party, but just a post that, that they've made to advance their case? Like, meaning like our, if we represent the, the dad, have you ever used a dad's own post to benefit dad? So have I ever used my client's post to benefit them? Yeah. Honestly, no. No, But the other weird. party? Right. Last week. Exactly. I mean, okay, maybe I'm more likely to use a photo to show mm-hmm. the engagement of my client with his kids or – but never. And I've, I, that's why I kind of plainly tell my client, look, whatever you post, I'll never be able to use for you. What she posts, Absolutely. If I'm Kim's attorney, I'm leaning back, kicking my feet up, thinking this is the best thing that has ever happened. I'd almost want to say, Kim, don't file a bifurcation because he's going to bury himself. But I get it because that leads us into the next thought. And that is, uh, to some extent, social media can be harassment, domestic violence, cyberstalking, like maybe Kanye is doing with Pete Davidson and what's going on with her personal life, right? Absolutely. So you touched on two points that it really brings cause for concern. The first one is cyber stalking. So depending on how much and the volume of the messages that either Kanye or any client or opposing party is doing to the other person, it can rise to the level of cyber stalking. That can result in getting an injunction for protection or a protection order in your estate. That can result in criminal charges, depending on how bad it is. And then you mentioned Pete Davidson. I mean, when I was getting ready to talk to you about this, I saw that there were some posts where it was almost like inciting violence against the guy. And in that situation, you know, not only does it create a real problem for Kanye and for anybody who's doing similar behaviors, but it also causes the court in the divorce case when they're making a child custody determination to almost question your mental health, because that's an element of whether, uh, you know, which parent should have the children and when. Yeah. I mean, it is, there is some serious, mental health questions I have. I am not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a counselor. But at some point, you have to have the self-realization that you're doing nothing but damage to your own case and your kids, period. He is clearly oblivious. He's angry. I mean, look, she should stay off social media and her boyfriend should need to... That's another episode to tell your friends to stop posting about you. But what effect does social media, if any, have on uh, prenups or postnups or, you know, agreements? You know, many of you watching may think, well, it doesn't apply to me, but I'm just trying to look for the effects of social media to show and impress that you shouldn't be on it. So what does it have effect-wise on post and prenuptial agreements? So whenever we're looking at a prenuptial agreement, obviously every state's going to have their list of elements as far as considering the validity of the prenuptial agreement. And I wouldn't say that social media would somehow negate that unless the parties 
made some sort of quasi contract outside of that agreement, which is unlikely. But for example, if you're posting about the fact that there is a prenuptial agreement and it's not valid for X, Y, and Z, that's not going to help you in court. Mm -hmm. Again, I think the important thing to impress is that posting about your litigation doesn't help you almost ever. And so when we have this agreement, like Kim and Kanye have, I mean, the court's just going to be looking at the the primary elements, you know, finding out when was it entered into? Was it entered into freely and knowingly? Um, or is there anything that invalidates it? And in their case, they both had lawyers. It was entered into well before their marriage. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a low likelihood that any of the antics that are going on in the case are going to have any kind of impact on how that is applied by the court. But if I'm the judge, you know, judges are derailed by emotion. They're human. And sometimes, imagine this, that judges don't want to follow the law simply because they don't like someone. And I can't imagine that Kanye is very likable at this moment. And if I'm the judge, that is going to affect me. And it's going to affect my decision making as to Kanye's time with his kids, right? I mean, I would say he's certainly not doing himself any favors here from a litigation standpoint. I mean, you're right. The judge is the person who's essentially making a decision. They have to follow the law, but there's so much black and white in family law that you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward, which is why we tell you to stay off social media. But in this case, uh, when the judge is considering all of the behaviors, I can't imagine that anything he's doing helps him or looks favorable on him in any way. No, in fact, I know he thinks, I mean, I guess we have to somehow conclude that Kanye really truly believes this is helping him, right? I mean, he's got to think that. Or somehow he's making him be the better guy and make Kim look like she's whatever. But it does the opposite, doesn't it? It calls into question, really, is he all there? And what happens when when that occurs in a case for, for guys watching. I mean, it's the very same thing. Forget that it's Kanye, but if you're doing it, there's a ramification potentially for it. Absolutely. I would expect that either party engaging in this kind of behavior should not be surprised when the other person files a motion for mental health evaluation, asking that the person who's perpetrating the behavior sits down with a licensed psychologist to see what's going on and what's causing them to act this way and what kind of potential negative impact that could have on children mm-hmm. before a judge makes a determination. Because a lot of times the court doesn't know the court, you and I aren't mental health experts. The court's not a mental health expert. And so they do rely on the opinion of those experts so that they can make that determination of what's in a child's best interest. It, it's really interesting because it's been a while since we've had a celebrity divorce that is, I, I thought, appeared to be nothing but a train wreck, you know, and, and you get in, you get a peek inside the lives of these celebrities and we'll talk about, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates and even Bezos and talk a little bit about it. And there's some bad things in there. But what's interesting here is you, you just have to, for guys, it's a great lesson because I don't know why he's doing it. I mean, or why his lawyer is still on the case, to be honest with you. Because if, if my client were doing something like that and they continue to refuse and do nothing but damage, it would really question my ability to help. Because that's what we're here to do, is to facilitate, to, to recommend, to analyze, forecast, and, and really help you along the way and partner with you. So it, it you just don't know. So for guys watching, it's, hey, again, as I said, in my mind, and I'm curious your opinion, social media just is never a help. And there's no good 
that can come uh, from it during your divorce or modification or paternity action or contempt action. Anything time, anytime you're involved in the family court system, I can't ever imagine it is a help to the client from their use or from the practitioner from their use of it, right? I agree. Um, and you made the point of, of whether you would stay on the case or not. I mean, we obviously don't know what's going on between the lawyer-client relationship, but mm-hmm. Kanye is on lawyer number four. Mm-hmm. And so to me, being an outsider, that tells me that he didn't, he didn't like the advice that was being given or the attorneys were unwilling to do the things that he was asking them to do. Yeah. And, and no, the social media posts, the only time I ever use them are either one, to find somebody and get them served, mm-hmm. or two, because somebody is doing something they shouldn't be doing and it's useful yeah. to my client to show, to, to prove a point, essentially. You know, there is, if you, and I think if we're thinking about Kim and Kanye, they're both experts at social media. They're experts at branding themselves. You know, Kim has her own history of other items that were released into the public and who will claim, oh, I didn't intend to you know, have that release. But I have to believe that everything they each are doing um, are with particular intentions, to whether it's to draw attention, keep themselves in the media, make them more money, gather their people that follow them, to reinforce that they stay in the spotlight to become and stay someone and not become irrelevant. So in that regard, this is just such an extreme that we rarely see especially in social media. You'll you'll see bits of people here and there with things that we can say, that's a no. That's a no. You shouldn't do that. But I think that's why it's important to talk about this extreme because Kim and Kanye have served it up for everybody to kind of learn from. And that is, this is a great example of how badly it can go when you use social media. And I think ultimately at the end of the case, whether it's settled or, you know, tried or when all the things are done, you'll see that it didn't really help him in the case remove his profile out from that. So I guess a good place to start is to look at the opposite, and that is Bill and Melinda Gates has plenty to talk about, but uh, is it a story of the way to handle it? I would say so, because a, a divorce is personal between two parties. Social media may seem like a cathartic place to go to voice your frustrations, but you are far better off doing that in a closed group of friends rather than putting it out there for the entire world. Because once it's out there, you can't take it back. And if you look at the differences between the Kim and Kanye divorce and the Bill and Melinda Gates divorce, you don't find a lot of drama. And in any divorce case, of course, there is drama, but you're not seeing it published out there in the world. They have businesses, they have children, and they're keeping it somewhat close-knit so that that way the world's not necessarily involved in their personal business, even Mm -hmm. though they are major players on the world stage. Yeah, it could have gone really badly um, considering what we know generally about Bill's behavior in the case and, 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 you know, adultery and whatever he did. It could have just gone terribly if they'd used social media to try to, and, and it's an easy um, mechanism to try to force someone to into a, a settlement, to just post, you know, nasty things about what they've done in their life and really embarrass this human being. Um, but again, it also defeats the purpose of their value. If I'm Kim, I don't want to hurt Kanye because he's my 
source of money in the future, maybe. We have ownership. We have a, we've created a brand. Bill and Melinda, I think you're right, did it right, albeit it was a public display of a divorce that's very intimate and personal. Um, but if you can learn from it is, hey, there are bad things in divorce. Don't make it worse by using social media. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the bottom line is people sometimes feel like if they don't post about it, it didn't really happen. <laughs> I assure you that it did. Yeah. And that, you know, there's public record and there's, you know, the outcomes that come out in the court system. And that is what it is. But especially in a situation where there's children, I think that regardless of who you are, this is relatable. Mm-hmm. This information never goes away once you put it out there. And if you have children, your children are going to grow up and they could potentially access that information. And why would you want them to be able to read that, be exposed to it, hear about it from friends when you could show a unified front as parents yeah. and just tell your kids, you know, this is what's happening. We love you either way. We're here for you. And keep the ugliness away from them, shield them from it, and let them have a childhood. Yeah, Kate Bosworth. So tell us about that. That one, Unified Front, kind of a way to handle the divorce. Tell everyone about, I mean, it's a great example for them to say, this is the way we should be moving forward. Absolutely. In in Kate Bosworth's situation, she's an actress married to a director. And if you look them up on social media, what you find is a unified post where they said that they still wanted to be friends and that they were just parting as amicably as possible. And if you need to put something out, if anything, put that out there so that, you know, everybody who interacts with you knows you're setting the tone for it, essentially, so that you're not going to impact your children with the litigation. You're not going to be seen as harassing somebody on the internet. And really, you're just presenting yourself in a better light. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we we use the word social media. It could be anything. It could be, uh, you know, just common conversations and spreading, you know, you know, rumors or conversations about your marriage to others in public. I mean, when you mentioned a unified front on social media, for whatever reason, Miley Cyrus came to mind. And uh, where she wrote, allegedly wrote a song about, was it Chris Helmsworth? I I, yeah, I, I can't remember so. who it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was all about him and the reason why they broke up. And, and here it is. It's a hit. I mean, it's like might as well, you know, social media on steroids. You've just made a, a big single about your, you know, ex and it's just all over the world. Really interesting as it is cathartic. I don't know. It's... Um, but that's why I want to talk about it today because there, there are ways in which clients should behave. And it's one of the first things I talk about is the use of social media. I ask it or we ask it on the intake sheet. Hey, do you have a social media account? Does your spouse have one? I, I actually, before I have a consult, I'll try to pull up each social media account, Facebook. Just take a peek. What's there? What's going on? What's the level of activity that I can see as not a friend of theirs in terms of I may be limited to what I can see? But that's how seriously I take social media in my practice because I want to, you know, tell a story. Representing guys is about telling a story, painting a picture of appearance and presentation and who they are, how they are, what they do, because I have to put them in the right light. At one point, I was a prosecutor. And again, it's it's telling a story. I did some defense work. It's creating a story out of the set of facts that may lend a group of jurors to actually like your client. And so family law is not that much different. Wouldn't you agree? 
I 100% agree. I'm, I'm just as bad and guilty of looking up social media, mm-hmm. either before a consultation, before an initial meeting with a client, once it's been assigned to me, because I think that it is that important. I mean, I would even go a step further. A lot of times during a separation, litigation can take some time. Maybe people have already moved on. They move on during the case. Mm-hmm. Your partner's social media matters too, because if you're allowing your partner to go out and bash or your parents to go out and bash your your former spouse or soon to be former spouse, then you're almost guilty by association. And the judge cares about that full picture and how much you're shielding kids from litigation, how much you're putting out there in the world. And we do, we want to be able to paint a picture and I get it. I hear it all the time. It's so hard to take the high road when the other person isn't. I can almost always promise you, you will be happier with the outcome if you take the high road Mm -hmm. versus either succumbing to the same tactics and behavior or being the only one. If you're the only one, you're almost screwed because the judge is going to see it and it's going to hate it. But just because one person is doing it, it doesn't doesn't cross things out. Essentially, the judge just dislikes both parties and doesn't know what to do. Right. I mean, I was just thinking of an example of social media. We're in a modification and uh, to terminate alimony, spousal support. And uh, what we see is uh, X uh, going all these places around the world with someone who we believe to be either uh, her husband, and we just don't know it, or someone pseudo in, in a relationship as if they're cohabitating together, as if man and wife were using all of those posts against them. And so... As great as it is to think that you're sharing with the world what you do, when you're in that family law arena, it does nothing but hurt you. It gives us an opportunity as divorce lawyers. It was the best invention ever and the worst invention ever. You know, it just depends on who you represent. Yeah, and I've definitely used it for alimony modifications to Mm -hmm. prove a supportive relationship because people hold themselves out to be in that relationship. You can see a lot of the things that people are doing together. Mm -hmm. And then in custody modifications, when someone claims they're watching the kids, but instead, let's say you don't post anything at all of substance as far as saying what it is you're doing. (laughs) So people love to check in places. And when they do that, they are notifying you where you are. And so if you're claiming that you have the children and you're actually at the bar, that's something that's very easily verifiable when you're the one that's self-reporting. Exactly. I've done that. I've had that. In fact, when I was on Dr. Phil talking about social media years and years ago, that was kind of one of the pictures we pulled off social media was someone with you know drinking and the kids. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting in how I would use it. So it's a great example. Well, that's all the time we have uh, trying to bring you information and topics just like this that are relevant to you whether it's a celebrity or not, whether we're talking about social media or not, these are the types of things that we have. And Christina, as always, thanks for joining. You're a great guest and I appreciate your time. And thank you for having me. Well, stay tuned. Bring you more just like this. And until next time.